I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, are you getting ready for Hurricane Idalia? Yes, I got my water. I got my trail mix. I got some bread, <laughs> peanut butter. You know, like I'm set. I filled up my gas tank. <laughs> you lost me at trail mix. what are your hurricane snacks i am so mad that Publix isn't doing hurricane cakes anymore oh yeah that's right they they would theme cakes they were like "Mm, it's a little insensitive and whatever and we're not gonna do it anymore and i'm like no you don't understand (laughs) (laughs) we needed this we needed this (laughs) we needed this um yeah yeah, it's it's silly that they're doing it because it might be offensive or they're not doing it because it might be offensive it's just a cake man i have never met a floridian who didn't love a Publix hurricane cake yeah exactly it's I, a staple I, it was so it's unique a staple and, that stinks God. well the reason why i bring up this storm is because today we are going to do something different this was your idea uh we are going to list off our top five storm movies <laughs> So we had different interpretations. We'll talk about that in a second on this. Yeah. Uh, but if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. If you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews and to just talk to us if you want to. You can find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support for as little as $2 a month. We got a nice little community going over there. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And as always, shout out to our patrons. Here we go. Curtis, Bale, Cindy, CD, Alana, Grace, Lorna, Lee, Sammy, Caitlin, Kiana, Michelle, and Tan Mei. New patron. Hey. Welcome to the party. <laughs> All right. So, like I mentioned, we're going to talk about our top five storm movies. Um, this is, this is directly of, because, yes, because <laughs> we're of, about to experience the first hurricane of the season. Of the season here in Florida, for sure. Uh, hurricane Idalia. So... When you presented this idea, in my head, immediately there were movies that came up. Mm-hmm. In my head. Uh, and I guess the way I thought of it when you presented the idea is that the storm or whatever natural like disaster, pretty much, yeah, but mostly storm, was the main focus of the movie. It didn't have to be the entire focus of the movie, but it was kind of the main one. How did you go about it? On your list. So I didn't want to do that because I think storm movies and disaster movies pretty much suck. So I said, (laughs) you're like, yes. (laughs) I felt like our list would be very similar. So I went about it as these are just movies that feature a major storm or natural phenomenon that pushes the plot forward. And it's not the entire plot. You know what I'm saying? Like there other stuff happens. This movie's not about the storm, but because the storm happens, shit happens. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Got it. All right. So then let's go ahead and let's let's fire away then. I Okay. Well, let you start off with your list, your number 5 uh yeah. top 5 storm movie, your number 5. <laughs> My number 5 
<laughs> you're looking at me so like you're like, oh my god. Wizard of Oz is my number five. The Wizard okay. of Oz. Obviously. Storm movies. <laughs> obviously, if the tornado hadn't hit the farm, Homegirl would not have gone to <laughs> see the wizard of oz and have this tremendous dream sequence that is a classic old hollywood movie that i happen to really love so wizard of oz wizard of oz okay um yeah i mean also somewhere over the rainbow is like i freaking love that song that is a great song do you like the version the hawaiian version of that one yeah that's a nice yeah yeah. Okay. That's a nice version. Because that's one that Miguel kind of hates. Miguel, who's been on the podcast oh. before, he's my brother. He he honestly he can't stand that version. <laughs> Interesting. It's so funny. So when the uke starts, he's just like shut it off. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's Miguel. Can't, this is why we can't have nice things because Miguel just like shits on it. Exactly. That's the thing about Miguel. What a anyway. pleasant song. I never know anybody that dislikes that song. Yeah, everybody likes Somewhere Over the Rainbow, but I think it's just that version that kind of like just kind of drives them up the wall. (laughs) Funny that you uh, that I mentioned that because last week on TV, just randomly, Fifty First Dates was playing. Oh, my God. And that song is featured in there for sure. Yeah. At the uh, end, no? Yeah, it's it's at the end of the movie. But it also is played earlier on, too. So, like, it's, like, twice in the movie that it gets played. All right, so that's your number five, Wizard of Oz. Uh, Wizard of Oz. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and name mine. My list is definitely – I was scraping to get that's to what I, five. Yeah. I will say that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am going with uh, 2012. Okay, I still yeah. have not seen this movie. So, yeah, it's it's not exactly the greatest movie in the world. Um, it's basically a, there's an effect of radiation that causes these solar storms that is heating the Earth's core. So these solar storms are what causes like earthquakes and then this massive flood and everything. And it stars John Cusack, uh, Chiwetel Giafor, Amanda Peet. It has some names in it, um, but it's not exactly the greatest movie in the world. It really isn't. <laughs> it's, it's a Roland Emmerich movie. You're familiar with his work. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's not exactly great. So it's down at the bottom of the barrel. When it comes to Roland Emmerich movies, I mean... He, the thing is, I have two of his movies on my list, which sucks because that's that's the type of movie he makes. He makes like these big epics that have to do with like an apocalyptic nature and <laughs> they just okay, happen yeah. to be on the list. And so yeah. like he made Independence Day. That's great. Uh, yeah, but he amazing. also made, you know, like Independence Day resurgence as well. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not exactly great. He made that movie Moonfall that came out like. Last year, I remember, yeah, yeah. Like the I also moon like is coming skipped, to us or whatever. Like I just it was. skipped off and did not. Oh watch yeah, that I didn't watch either. that movie. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was my number five, 2012. A pretty bad disaster slash storm movie. So what is your number four? 
Wait, I think we have to talk about the fact that people thought that wasn't it like the Mayan calendar said that it the world was going to end in 2012. Yes. yes. And that's why people were really sort of anxious about the year 2012 that was like our generation's y2k or second y2k i should get it, I should it, say. it really was it really <laughs> was um i would say that that's why the movie i think was kind of made is like they were playing off of that they were like built-in off- marketing <laughs> yeah they, they hey, named the it 2012 said, <laughs> the mayan said that the world's gonna end and we're gonna show you how uh so <laughs> That's that's the impetus of that movie. <laughs> okay, so anyway, my number four movie is Groundhog Day, because without the blizzard that hits <laughs> Punxsutawney, we would not have this man, Phil, returning to the town and repeating the day for an endless cycle. Let me ask you a question about the movie. Do you think it's the town that has the magical power or is it him that something is happening with him that the power of repeating the day over and over again? Is it because he's in the town that it happens? Maybe it's the storm. Or maybe. I don't think so. Because had the storm not happened, he would have left the town. So then. And gone back home and then. What? So it's if something he in the, the town. day. Like, is it just him just leaving the town and going back home, and then like what? The magic is the town, right? The magic is the town. Okay, that's but what I was trying. It could to also be out. the storm that the storm, like, you know, it's very poetic or, or um, symbolic, I should say. Right. Um. Hmm. Doesn't the storm happen the day before, though? No, or it happens that morning. No, what happens is on Groundhog Day, which yeah. he repeats, the storm happens in the afternoon. Oh, that's right. You're right. And when they're trying to drive out of town, they can't because the storm is already too bad. Got it. So then they have okay. to turn back and go back to Punxsutawney. I see. Okay. That, that makes sense. And that's why it feels like, oh, it happens the next day or the day before. No, it's like the same day. It's the same day. And that's why he the first day that he repeats groundhog day he gets up and he's like what happened to the storm because there's supposed to be like a whiteout blizzard conditions happening outside right just kind of (laughs) clear and snowy so i wonder what would have happened if after a certain amount of times he just decides in the morning immediately leave okay that's the thing is that this the movie implies that he's done every possible Thing to thing. yeah to that, get out. That's true. You're right. Hmm. Interesting. Not just driving out. I'm sure that he was like calling around and uh, renting a helicopter. Like, I would not put it past him because he was there for so long. He was. He was there. I to think tr- not only try estimate. and get out of the town and sleep somewhere else and wake up some. Hopefully, wake up somewhere else. But then also, he was just trying to break the cycle any way he could and was like maybe it's me and he kept killing himself right and that didn't work either and so that didn't work either he was there for years right just years upon years Wasn't because there think some of, podcasters or something that try to f- calculate 
They tried to capitalize. How long he was there. It was decades, at the very least. Decades. Wow. Because of the way that he learned how to play piano. Oh, yeah. That was the key driving force of, like, trying to time it. Like, right. how can you be they that like, good okay, at what's piano? What's the average amount of time it takes for an adult to learn how to play piano from scratch? Doesn't know how to read music, doesn't know how to play nothing. A long time. And presumably, he might have gone every day, but what were the lessons? An hour? So an I hour mean, a day. He's waking up, meeting, schmoozing with the town people, doing whatever he wants. He's got to eat. Like It could be that he's paying her for an hour of lesson True. every day, or he's paying her for eight hours a day. Like, it, it just depends. I don't think he's sitting there for eight hours trying to learn the piano. But then again, he was there for years and years and years. So I fully believe that he was there for decades. Yeah, I think Someone so. Someone throughout 5,000 years, like hundreds of years. I'm like, get out. I don't think hundreds. That's too much. That sounds like too much. I think he was there for decades. Decades makes more sense. I agree with that for sure. Okay, so that was your number four. Top five yeah, storm that was my number movies. Four. Okay, my number four, definitely in, in the more traditional sense, it is uh, Twister. Twister. Okay, is that's my, my number, number three. There we go, and we can talk about it. Let's talk Twister. So, um, not really about the movie, but you do, uh, you're aware of the icy relationship between Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, right? What? Oh yeah. Oh, you don't know what. <laughs> Tell okay. me about this. Okay, so, I just rewatched Twister like last week. All right. What are you telling me? So Bill Paxton and uh, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. Both star of the movie. They hated each other. Apparently, like they had like some really bad like experiences working together, like just. All the physical stuff. Yeah, on the set of Twister, uh, apparently they had a really bad uh, back and forth working relationship. It just was not good for either one of them. To the point, do you remember that they had a ride of Twister at Universal Studios? Right? Hell yes, I remember that. I still miss that ride because the Jimmy, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon. I'm sorry. I had like 50 Jimmys in my head for a second. The Jimmy Fallon ride sucks. Exactly. Uh, And so basically what happened is they hated each other so (laughs) much that if you remember the video of the pre-show, they were in two completely different places because they could not get them together after the filming of the movie to film this little thing for the ride. So they had to film them together because they did not want to film anything together anymore. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Exactly. It. it yeah, it was insane. It was I don't want to say you shattered an illusion because I don't think there was very much of an illusion. Like, I didn't think they absolutely loved each other. But this is a little bit surprising. Yeah, yeah. that was the only way they would do that is if they could record their parts separately and then they stitch it together. (sighs) (laughs) So anyway, about the movie. Um, It was on TV recently. 
There's a young Philip Seymour Hoffman in a backwards cap. Food. 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 Oh, man. So I, I think the movie is good. I don't like I don't get. I mean, like, it's not winning any Oscars, but it's good. It's I good. like it. It's, it's a good rewatchable. Movie. It's rewatchable. Yes, it is. I think if if it's on and you know, oh, this is coming up, I'm definitely going to stick around. Um, so I would say at the end of the day, like the reason why it's not higher on my list, I would say, is because I enjoy the other movies more than this one. This one, Twister's kind of low in terms of just my overall rating of it. Um, I think like it sits like at a two and a half out of what? the five stars on Letterboxd. Yeah. What? Yeah. It is not a two and a half star movie. Take it back. To me, it is. Take it back. <gasps> How dare you? Absolutely not. I mean, I just don't get all that overall excited about watching it. Like, sure, certain scenes, but not. Not the entire movie, no. No way. I'm so offended. <laughs> the way she's looking around right now, like... <laughs> I'm so offended right now. Holy crap. Okay, well, I I quite enjoy this movie. I didn't mm-hmm. think I enjoyed it much more than you, but evidently I do. Apparently so. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. I love this really weird ragtag group of storm chasers. And that they're trying to get Dorothy to fly, which makes it very, a very good fit for my list because five is Wizard of Oz, three is Twister. And I like the whole dynamic of him coming with the, with the current fiance to get her, Helen Hunt, to sign divorce papers so they can marry this girl. And she's like a um, relationship therapist or like a sex therapist. And so she's constantly on the phone having these funky calls with oh her patients. <laughs> but I like I really related to her. The last time that I watched Swister, I was like, I feel for her because she like she went on this basically blind. She did not know she was going to go storm chasing on one of these harrowing days in in this area that had like 20 twisters in the same day and she's there she's like a civilian she has no idea so i love her fish out of water stuff and she's super mature when she breaks up with bill paxton i don't know like i was just like she's a hero of this movie (laughs) she's a hero of the movie truly truly i had a question though because at the beginning of the movie they have this flashback sequence that sets up Helen Hunt's character's backstory and her father gets just sucked up in a tornado because he's holding on to the cellar door yes and the cellar door goes just gets ripped off its hinges but I was like look initially he opened the door so that the dog could come into the cellar because she was screaming for the dog and I would have been like fuck the dog number one it's humans first, then the dogs in a survival scenario for me. But he lets the dog in. Fine. Then he continues to hold the door because I guess the latch is broken. Yes. But to me, it was stupid of him to hold the door because 
the rest of the family survive by just being further back in the cellar away from the open door. Mm -hmm. So I was like, he could have just left the door, like he said, fuck the door and gone and been with his family in the deeper part of the cellar and survived. So I thought that was stupid. That is not the only movie that because of a dog, the dad dies. That it's happens. Not the dog, like the cellar door I mean, was just janky. Yeah, no, but like having to go, like make sure that dog can come in and everything, and then he has to close the the door again after everything. Uh, Man of Steel, Clark Kent's dad, tornado goes for the dog that was in the car. The dog doesn't want to come out. Lets the door open for the dog, and then you know, Papa Kent gets sucked up by a tornado. I guess they're trying to say that heroes always save the dog. I guess so. But um, that's not in, not in my book. Like that's side tangent. <laughs> side tangent here. Yeah. Um, do you feel that there's a lot of people in this world who really, really, really hate it when there's any type of hurt to an animal in a movie? One hundred percent. Will totally cheer for the person to like just get murdered yes so like if if even something slight happens to a dog correct like that person is evil beyond all evil and that person must die for like i don't know spanking a dog even not even like doing something that bad but even spanking a dog the audience is like nope he deserves to die they got to go they got to go no cruelty toward animals always will get the audience on whoever's side. Yeah. And make them root against the aggressor of the animal. And perhaps that's why John Wick works so well, like the first movie especially, because the villain hurts and kills this innocent little puppy that was left to him by his dead wife. Yep. And of fucking course you're going to root for John Wick to just, like, bulldoze this (laughs) mafia family to get to this asshole kid who not only was it a home invasion but like they killed the dog yes and the dog i mean they built it so well right the dog was trying to like get to him and was barking and protecting john wick and it's just a little puppy oh god ah john wick i just recently rewatched like the first three not that long ago it was my first time. It was my mom's first time watching them. So, yeah. She yeah. really enjoyed them. She really nice. did. She still has Very to nice. see part four. So, all right. So, that was your number three. That three. was my number so four. So, what's your three? My three is The Day After Tomorrow. Oh! The other Roland Emmerich movie in this list here. Tell me why I have this movie on DVD. I can't tell you why do you have I it on TV. I do not know why I have I honestly don't know. I think I in, I think I inherited it from my parents. <laughs> like they don't own any DVD. They're like take all the movies. We don't like we never pop a DVD in anymore. So, I have this movie. I have watched this movie. Why is it your number 3 movie above Twister? Uh because I think more of the movies rewatchable to me because of like the scale and how crazy that movie gets 
early on. This is the other Roland Emmerich movie that's on my list, surprisingly. Um, I still cannot forget like the tidal wave that just basically wipes out New York. Like when that tidal wave comes in and it starts like yep. crushing and taking out everything, Statue of Liberty and all that. It's <laughs> yes, like, it like blows past the Statue of Liberty and you're like, oh it. no. <laughs> and it, it's such a like striking image, all of that happening. And it, it happens like in so many different parts of the world as well. Um, I think the back heart, the back part of the movie really kind of just slows down. To the because it all becomes about the ice age, and mm-hmm. it's not really that interesting. At in the back at that third act because it it's too long in the same thing, doing the same thing of like oh how do we get out of here we need to get over here how do we get out of here we need to get over here, so, but I still think that two thirds of that movie is just like. Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening and all this cra- crazy stuff is happening on screen. And that's why I have it ahead of Twister. Not by a lot, but just enough. They're both two and a halves to me. It was more like oh. just choosing like which one. See, Day After Tomorrow is two and a half to me and Twister is not. So I would consider it lower on my list if I had it on my list. I think Jake Gyllenhaal and Emmy Rossum and... Who's the other guy? It's Dennis uh, Quaid. The guy, the Dennis Quaid. I was going to say the dad from Parent Trap. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> that's him. I think for that movie, I appreciated that I had a lot of hurricane elements in it. Because what those storms look like from the satellites was just a few different giant Ice Age hurricanes hovering over the earth. Yeah. And... What was it? They were like, oh, when the eye passes over New York, it's going to freeze everything. <laughs> like, do you remember? Like, they, yes. they were trying to get inside yes. and build up a fire and get away from, like, this descending frost that was going to freeze them to death. Totally remember that. That was wild. But, like, you know, the <laughs> eye of the storm. Like, that's a hurricane speak, you know? Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. So that was my number three. So what's your nice. number two? My number two movie is Castaway. I love Castaway. Yes. Castaway is a great movie. Great movie. I love Castaway. I've said this before that I think that not a lot of people enjoy movies like Castaway that make you feel pretty sad and down. But I do. I love Castaway. I just rewatched it. And the storm that takes them down is still like that scene especially is so daunting and freakishly scary still and i when i was re-watching i was re-watching it like at night i was doing something on the computer and i was like re-watching it at the same time and the movie is pretty quiet right like low in volume but when the plane starts to go down it is really fucking loud. My sister was like, what are you watching? It sounds like the whole building's going down. And I'm like, it's Castaway. And I have it really low on the volume. But the, <laughs> this scene is like in your face, right? It's pretty impressive. And uh, I don't feel like there's a lot of movies that do plane crashes really, really well. 
like it always borders on like that's a little bit unbelievable right the, or it looks too waxy because it's cgi or whatever oh that though that's the worst to me is when they show kind of like the outside of the plane coming down and it looks fake and you're just like yeah this looks pretty bad this one, they kept the camera pretty much just inside the cabin and focused on Tom Hanks's character, and you are terrified for him as like the you know the other crew members are knocking around. One guy gets his head smashed in and he's bleeding, and you're like, what is he gonna go for? He's gonna go for his life vest, or is he gonna go for the watch that Kelly gave to him? And it was like, it's all these little split decisions that affect how he is able to survive. Yeah, it is. Ah, man. Uh, it, it's still pretty crazy that you went with that on your list. Yeah. Just because it's it's such a brief moment. Yes, it is a catalyst for what happens, for sure. It, it, well, yes. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of the movie, it feels like so such a small part of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, but anyway. Great movie. Great choice, though. <laughs> either way. Especially with the list that you're building on your side, that's that's a great choice. Uh, now back back to my list. This is probably the wackiest choice, but I really enjoyed myself in this movie. Oh man, what do you got? I got the 2019 movie Crawl. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> you have Crawl on your list? Yes. When a huge hurricane hits her hometown of Florida, Haley ignores evacuation orders, and then she's wounded. Or he's wounded and she has to try to save him. But they're trapped by a flood. And it's not just the flood that is, you know, causing all the problems. Lurking. <laughs> there are yeah. alligators mm. all this around. This is a really Florida movie. This is a very Florida movie. Very Florida movie. But at the same time, it's not Florida enough. Because, because when you're it's watching not really storm, Florida. It's not really Florida. And I think she's supposed to be in Tampa. Yeah, like the Tampa area. The yeah, Tampa exactly. Bay area. And she, what was it? She was at a swim meet and there was like a major category yeah. five hurricane about to hit the state. Exactly. Like there and was a meet she was, happening. There was still a fucking swim meet for the for the Gators. She was a, a, up in Gainesville yep. going to UF. And I was like, what? And then she goes and drives to Tampa because to, to, her dad is not responding on the phone. And it's just like <laughs> so many red flags that she just blows past. And then the house is flooded. But then the way that the rain is coming in, I'm like, this isn't accurate. Like the rain wouldn't just be coming down like straight down. I was like having issues with a lot of stuff. The wind, too. I was like, yeah, it's very quiet. Like she goes into the house and it's flooded and all, but I'm like, this should, they're on the coast. They're on the coast and there should be a lot of. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Sorry for like, blowing out is... your speakers there. Uh, <laughs> no, but that's exactly what I mean. It's like, I'm applying real life logic to this stupid ass movie about killer gators. that <laughs> we're, we're in the basement of this house. The crawl, sorry, the crawl space of this house. But those gators could not swim as fast as the Florida gator. Because she's an apex predator. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. It's so stupid. Um, There's a 
a review on Letterboxd from Patrick Willems. He's uh, on yes. YouTube. And it's short and sweet. An extremely convincing argument for not living in Florida. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, uh, it's a silly <laughs> B movie. I just enjoyed the heck out of it because it's so silly and fun. Um, and that's why it's on my number two. So let's go ahead and let's talk about your number one. What is your number one? I think you might have guessed it, but here's my ultimate hurricane movie. It is Jurassic Park. I mean, I can't argue with it. I can't argue because the way you're building your list, there it's a driving force. Yes. And the storm does do a lot of stuff in the middle of the movie that it knocks the power out and uh, then the dinosaurs start roaming all over the place and right. humans have to try to escape from the island, trying to get yeah, the power the- back on, all that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. So it's it's quite important, I think, to the the plot because it gives them basically or it gives Dennis Nedry a time limit. Yes. Right. Because he everyone's evacuating off the island and in a perfect scenario, he would have just like done this, shut off the power, done this thing, and then just gotten the fuck off the <laughs> the island without anyone like suspecting. But because of this impending storm, it was like, you got to do this now. And the storm really Fs up everything, everything, <laughs> like everything. not just Dennis, but like the storm. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so... Great choice for number one, for sure. Um, yeah, we really went in different directions with our with our stuff. We did, yeah. Yeah. I'm over here like, if it wasn't for the storm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here like, I am the storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So What's your number one? My number one actually has storm in the title. It is The Perfect Storm. Oh, talk to me, because I've never seen this movie. You've never seen it? No. Oh, so this is based on a true story. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, October 1991, uh, a confluence of weather conditions combined to form a killer storm in the North Atlantic. It's like, I want to say it was like there was three storms, like kind of like all kind of heading in, in a certain direction. And so... They all hit in one particular spot. And so this movie is about the people caught in that storm uh, on the fishing boat, the Andrea Gale. And so, you know, basically the true life events. And so it stars Clooney, Wahlberg, uh, Diane Lane, John C. Riley, uh, William Fitchner. Like, yeah, it's it's a really good cast. And... It was made like in the year 2000. So like Clooney is big. Wahlberg's pretty big and everything. And it's a pretty good movie. I think that like some of the storm stuff is uh, I want to say a tad bit fantastical, like in the way like they portray it, the way, you know, it looks on screen. But I think the the camaraderie and the. And the way that the the fishing the men the fishermen on the boat like leading up to it like they go out to fish because that's their livelihood, uh, and so before they go out, you know, 
at first it's like one of the storms is coming into the area and they're like we can manage that because it's only one and we've done that before but then when everything else starts like other storms start changing patterns and then one storm kind of just hovers in the area like it doesn't move so then that's where you have that confluence of the three different storms all attacking at once and so attacking attacking yeah exactly but yeah enjoyable movie uh and that was my number one the perfect storm wow i had a few other movies that i thought i was gonna pick the lighthouse i thought about it but again (laughs) my list was going in a different direction but yes damn thoughts your thoughts (laughs) okay (laughs) there is a really old review of us talking about the lighthouse I think it's on our Patreon feed. You should definitely listen to it if you if you haven't. And obviously become a patron because that movie was a ride. Yes, it was. My brother loved that movie. Oh, he loved it. Yeah. Yep. And I liked it, but he loved it. Yeah. I also had Back to the Future because I was like, oh, it all hinges on like the storm. And then I was like, no. And that That's kind of pushing it. Yeah, like I, yeah. I get that there's a lightning storm happening in the third act, but mm-hmm. eh, kind eh. Uh Did you have anything else? There's so many movies that fit my criteria, like Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Like that big storm. and I considered yeah. it. But yeah. it just felt like there wasn't enough of the storm in the, in the entire movie, you know? At least for my list, it, there wasn't enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ton of these movies. And then we oh. didn't go full disaster like Armageddon. Yeah, I was trying to leave out stuff that was natural disaster that didn't involve like your typical storm stuff like rain, wind, flooding, mm-hmm. lightning, thunder. Like I kind of left all that other stuff out so san andreas and and right. stuff like that volcano volcano right yeah i left that off the list for sure no i was surprised nobody <laughs> me included didn't pick poseidon adventure oh <laughs> the, the rogue wave <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my goodness yeah so those are our top five storm movies, all because of Hurricane Idalia that is coming to Florida. If you are in Florida and you're listening to this on Tuesday, immediately when it comes out, uh, just stay safe, be prepared, uh, make sure you have all your supplies that you need. Don't especially- stop at trail mix like I did. Exactly. Okay, I already have a ton of canned goods and, you know, the portable radio and I have an obscene number of batteries. So I didn't have that much to do. I just had to get water and exactly like, some things that we actually like to eat versus just like canned raviolis from last hurricane season. So um, please be safe out there and uh, we'll see you on the other side of it. Yes, we will. Uh, but if this is your first time listening Thank you so much for checking us out. Uh, continue to check us out on our socials. You can find us everywhere at Always Critic Pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Uh, you can also find us on your podcast feed. Just look up Always the Critic Podcast. So follow us. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many more. 
and go ahead and check us out on patreon.com slash always critic pod that's where you can for as little as two dollars a month support our show and everything that we're doing over on the patreon feed now with that said that has been our episode i'm rico and i'm jessica and this has been the always the critic podcast (laughs) 